Welcome to the Rabble Rousers podcast, where my guests join me, Allison Metcalf, and my co-host, Dante Ficka, to discuss everything from music and Trinitarian theology to the way spirituality affects our everyday lives. Thanks for tuning in and joining the conversation. Welcome to the Rabble Rousers podcast. I'm Allison Metcalf, and today I'm joined by Dante Ficka. We are the creators and founders of Rabble Rousers Co., it's currently a group on Facebook, um, and we're dedicated to gathering and creating music that focuses on grace, the finished work of Jesus Christ, and the Trinity. We seek to encourage people in the gospel of grace through music, whether that's pointing people to playlists of finished work music or supporting songwriters and musicians in their craft. So I think for this episode, we're going to just kind of talk about where we came from, uh, what we're doing and where we're going. And um, I think it'd be really cool to hear a little bit about your background, like why you're involved, Dante. Uh, do you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah. So I've always loved music since I was a little kid, as far back as I can remember, even at two years old, it's on tape of me singing in church. <laughs> um, I've been probably like co-leading worship with a team since I was about 13 or so. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've been involved in church my whole life. I've always, I've always loved Jesus just kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. that way. Um, yeah. Um, I just actually, actually left my church a few months ago, mm-hmm. not for any negative reasons other than time for me to move on in life mm-hmm. in certain areas and I still love mm-hmm. everybody there but probably would believe a little differently um sure yeah and yeah I just always loved music everything about it uh, my aunt was a music teacher she taught me a little bit of guitar I've sang in school growing up my whole life so everything about rabble rousers just hits home for me yeah awesome awesome yeah, so kind of really similar background, I feel like, uh, for me, because I've been uh, like basically a Christian my whole life. I remember <laughs> my conversion experience, which neither of us even really believe in anymore, but I guess the experiential part is still there. I just remember asking Jesus into my heart at like four years old in the car with my mom, um, and I've just always been around church. Um, by like 14, I was already like leading worship. Um probably co-leading would be a better word. You know, I had some really amazing people who were helping teach me and train me. And so um, it was just amazing doing that. My parents actually were on the worship team at every church we went to forever. So we always got there really early in the morning and left really late. (laughs) And uh, now uh, my husband and I, we no longer go to church. Um, We just don't really believe in that kind of organized in a building format anymore but we still love community and we feel like it's so important and we still love raising our kids uh, in an environment that celebrates Jesus Christ. So yeah, it's, it's really cool. And, and lately I have been really because this group, and we'll talk about this, I have been um, learning guitar and writing music and um, different things, but I didn't mention, I've, I've been singing this whole time since uh, about middle school and it's just, it's one of my favorite things to do. I, I love doing it. So that's kind of uh, my background in music. <laughs> and she's picking up guitar very quickly, seems like. <laughs> I think it's because I already play piano and and I'm not super great at it, but my mom's also like a ridiculously good pianist. So I've been also just around that my entire life. Um, and I think once you know one instrument, I, to me, it seems like it just kind of flows. It, is that the same for At you? Least those two, those two do. Those two. <laughs> well, I mean, not like violin. I don't know. Violin might be hard. I don't know. I don't know about any other instruments, but yeah, those two seem to go a little bit hand in hand. So yeah. So I think I'm going to talk about next, uh, kind of where did rabble rousers come from? Cause we have some people who have already joined and probably are just like curious, like they might've heard a few little stories about it, but I think, it, I think it would just be cool to like really talk about the origins of it. Um, and so I'll kind of share because I, I was the one who it popped into my head at 3 a.m. <laughs> and then um, you can share anything else you want to add to it. But um, in February of this year, Dante and I both ended up at a conference on a cruise ship. 
Uh, it was called the Religious Detox Cruise with uh, John Crowder and Baxter Kruger was also speaking. And there was, what did they say? Was it like 200 something people or 150 in our group? Yeah, close to that. Yeah. 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 So it was a good, good sized group. Um, and it was just incredible because for me, actually, I didn't even realize that this many people existed who would gather around like the finished work of Jesus Christ and the grace message. My husband and I had been feeling pretty um, isolated and alone for a long time. Um, and so it was like so exciting being around all those people. And um, in the middle of the night on the cruise ship in my cabin, I was trying to sleep. I can't remember if I had woken up super early. My schedule was so off or if I had still been trying to go to sleep, but it was 3 a.m. Yeah, we usually weren't in our like, cabins by midnight, so. <laughs> no, no, we stayed up so late laughing and like connecting. It was so good. But this particular night, uh, I like sat straight up in bed, like literally. And I just remember thinking like, oh my gosh. And I started putting together all these things that people had been saying. All these, um, like problems or issues people had said. And I had heard a lot of people saying, there is like no finished works music or there's no encouraging grace music. There's a lot of other stuff out there, but where is this music? And I realized, okay, there might be less than I actually realized. I knew of a lot. And actually I was able to share of some and I was like, okay, that's cool. Some people don't know about certain people. This one person didn't know about Benjamin Dunn. I was like, dude, Benjamin Dunn. Um, everyone on the ship knew about Godfrey pretty much <laughs> Godfrey Bertle. Mm -hmm. Um, but also it, it sounded like there were several worship leaders who were talking about like struggling to find songs to lead for worship, especially if they were in a church you know, still committed to a church and they had a weekly commitment to lead worship. And they're like, okay, I can do a lot of songs. I just have to change a lot of words. And so like, that was a big issue. Um, and then as well, uh, just, just what we do have out there, there's not a whole lot of variety. That's what I've noticed. So I just like bolted up right in bed and I was like, oh my gosh, like there's actually a need to gather this stuff and to start writing this stuff. And there's a lot of people who have been in this message in the gospel of grace for long enough that they're like, I know, like, I know what I want to say. Um, I just don't know how to get from A to B. So I was like, oh my gosh, like we need to, we need to have a community. We need to have support for songwriters. We need to have encouragement, however that looks. And so what I started thinking about was like, okay, like we can start um, like literally helping people uh, learn the, the skills they needed. Or maybe they already have like a notebook of songs. There's actually a lot of people, I think, who have notebooks of stuff or even just poems that they've been writing, but they never got the encouragement to go forward with them. And so I was like, we need to do that. So I got really excited. Um, and the whole community aspect is just like amazing. So the idea came to be on the ship. And then um, I had run into, my husband and I had run into Dante a couple of times on the ship and had gotten to know him. And we had actually, I realized we'd actually met digitally. I think it was like 2019. I'm pretty sure. Do you remember Dante in Kena online? 18 or 19. 18 or 19. It might've been the end of 18. And um, I just remember uh, thinking like, oh, that guy has some really great insight. Like he had you had posted a lot of awesome like comments in the threads and had brought up some really cool topics. And Aubrey and I were both like, man, that guy, he's awesome. Like he really loves Jesus and he really loves grace. And so, um, yeah, and then you, you were sharing I was in my forties. <laughs> well, it's hard to tell from a Facebook photo, you know, it's like that big, <laughs> but yeah. And then, uh, you had shared that you were a musician and God just was already like, hello. So I was like, yeah, I want this guy on my team. And so we're, we're really like partners, partners in crime with this whole thing. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Christ, but crime too. Oh, oh, I meant, I mean, partners in Christ in this whole thing. Um, yeah. And I literally, as soon as I got home, I created the Facebook group. Um, and I could not believe how fast like people were engaging and responding. And they were like, they were so excited. So it clearly, this, this group clearly fulfilled uh, a real need that people had. 
Um, and it's been running since February. So it's been a, a few months. I think we're at like 316 members right now. Um, and we just have a lot of really cool ideas for the future. But uh, Dante, do you want to share a little bit about what like we're currently doing in the group, like some of the actual tangible things we're doing right now, and then some of the future stuff we have planned? <laughs> yes. Well, I couldn't believe it either when all these people were suddenly interested in this Facebook page. Yeah. Rebel Rousers. <laughs> Which yeah. is the best name, by the way. That came to me too. That was a God thing. So I'm glad you like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's been super encouraging for me to have this giant group of people yeah. to do this kind of same stuff with. Um, encourage me and challenge me to write my own music that I've yeah. always loved doing, but never really pursued it too much. And it's something mm -hmm. I still wanna wanna do. Um, mm -hmm. my dreams are big. I want new genres of music. I want lots of different genres of music that we never even heard of yet. Because I mean, there's genres yes. now like hip hop. I, I think they're pretty recent, like maybe like yeah. 80 years old or something. So why not have another one? Yeah. Um, that's, that's been big on my mind. Yeah. I love it. Um, so, so rebel rousers, we do have some playlists on Spotify and YouTube. They're currently under construction a little bit being improved. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, but a lot of people have seemed to like those and it's a lot of good stuff yeah I think it's collected a lot of things people didn't know about so they're all shoved in like yeah. one place right now but we're a lot be of people have already that. shared that I haven't heard of but I added it yes someone shared it to me yes yes absolutely um we want to do live worship sessions on Facebook online and we've had quite a few already yeah yeah we're starting those back up right now in the group and we're really excited about them. <laughs> I mean, I am. <laughs> so much. Yeah. I want to encourage people to share anything original that they have in our group. Anything mm -hmm. original at all so we can get feedback off of each other. Yeah. And grow together. Yeah, which is, that's like a really tough one. That's a touchy one for artists. It's it's like scary to share your baby. And it, it's it, you don't know if it's going to get stolen, if it's going to get torn apart, um, if someone's going to try to like, take pieces of it. And so I think it's key having a, a trustworthy group of people and it's a private group. So it can't be shared outside of the group. Um, and I think that provides a little bit, just a small measure of safety and the understanding when people join that this is a group of integrity. <laughs> That's kind of one of our huge purposes where people feel safe. So right now we have been, the majority of our stuff is a Facebook group. That has been where our yeah. activity has been. But yeah, we don't plan on just being a Facebook group, although it's a no. huge start. Yeah. And some of our future plans, we want to maybe host like workshop community retreats with yeah. fun showcases. We want to have a Rabble Rousers album. Wants to have our, we want to have our own album featuring all yes. originals. All originals. Yes. Yes. No covers. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We want to. We want to have an online school, online yeah. worship school with lots of amazing artists that you may have heard of, you may have not, but have a lot of experience in this area and they've done, they've yeah. done this kind of stuff. Yeah. They've written and published their own music in this gospel. Yes. And speakers that can dive into the theology behind this music that we support. Oh, yes. I'm like, that gets me so excited. I, I mean... Which which one are you most excited about? The workshops or like the album or the idea of the online school? Um, yes. <laughs> yes Actually, please. album album is number one for me, but I want it yeah. all. I want it all. Yeah. The album was the first thing that I thought of that so early on. And and it was not from me. I didn't think of it. I mean, God impressed it on my heart and it was like, oh my gosh, is this actually like something I'm allowed to dream? <laughs> And after starting this group, I already feel like there's a ton of people who have already written songs or are currently writing songs that could totally go on an album. So I'm feeling like this dream isn't even that crazy as I thought a few months ago. Now I'm like, this dream is super possible. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really excited about that. Well, thank you for sharing that. And you mentioned that with the school format idea that we want to have people talking about theology 
So some people may be kind of asking, depending on where they're at um, in, in their beliefs and in the kind of style of the way they, the way they do their spirituality, <laughs> they might be asking, oh, but if you're into grace and the grace message and you're pulling away from church and you're pulling away from fundamentalism and actually, you know, trying to live uh, more of a free life, why would you be interested in theology? I think a lot of people just have that kind of question in their mind. And maybe that's not your question. That's okay. If you're listening and that's not your question, don't worry about that. But we wanted to kind of get into some theology just a little bit in this, um, because this topic is so important. But in this episode, we want to get into it. So I have a little disclaimer really quick before we get into this theology section. Uh, this section is going to discuss theology, and we are not in this episode, going to get into depth on these topics. Like we're not, we're not going to spend a lot of time on each one. So like we might hit something really fast and you be, might be all, what are you saying? Oh my gosh. Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, don't worry about it. First of all, we'll have a list of uh, people, historical people, current modern people that you can research and look up their work. We're going to have a couple of topics that you can go research and, and do this yourself. Do word studies. Go get in the Bible. Go um, talk to Jesus yourself and listen to people who have gone before, um, before you make any decisions. Everything we're presenting here is not for the purpose of convincing you. Please don't be convinced by someone saying one thing on a podcast. That would be a very shallow theology and a very shallow spirituality anyways. So that's not the purpose of what we're saying. We're just going to hit some things um, probably pretty quickly because we're going off just why, why theology is important for us in music. And so um, don't be alarmed. <laughs> there this is, is time. worry-free theology. Yes. Yeah. So uh, first thing is we need to, we need to cover this. What is theology? Is theology Bible studies? Is theology just doctrines? What is theology? Like most people don't even know. Oh, it's going to Bible college. Actually, theology, it literally means the study of God, but practically it really constitutes your belief of God. What do you believe about God? What do you believe is true about God? Um, and many people have never even considered this, but when you start to actually become aware of what you believe about God, it's kind of interesting. Some some crazy stuff uh, comes up. And for me, um, I've been kind of unlearning a lot of what I learned as a kid, uh, just growing up in the, the Western American Christianity. I think John Crowder and a few other people call it folklore Christianity, which I thought was like a fascinating term. Um, but it really is. It's, it's, it's not, it, we get presented in fundamentalist or evangelical Christianity in America, especially, we just get presented with this, here's one way, this is it, all the Bible scholars did the work, all the reformers did the work, and don't question us. And it's interesting, because if you go back to the patristics, the early church fathers, and you start looking into some things, you'll find some beliefs that we have today would have been considered dare I say, heresies back then, um, like outright heresies that they had actual councils meeting to discuss. And so over the last 10 years, I've gone through a big transformation, but really over the last five years, I've gotten into theology. Um, I'm just talking personally here, but I really feel like uh, Galatians is a huge actual key to what's going on right now in the Western church. Um, the, it's called the bewitchment of the Galatians. And here in Galatians 3, 1 through 3, it says, Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? And I seriously feel like there is so much teaching and argument of people arguing that you should be perfected in the flesh. And they wouldn't say that outright. No one's saying, yeah, you should use your flesh to, 
do stuff. But, but the point that I feel like happens is we don't trust Jesus to, to perfect us. We don't trust that he did anything on the cross. We don't trust that he actually did make us perfect. And so I think there's a huge awakening that's happening. I've been in like, I don't know, stunned to see how many people actually are awakening to this message, which I first heard probably around 2011, 2012, um, and then has just been sinking in more and more and really like gaining crazy traction for me personally this last year um, and the last five years, but really this last year has been crazy. So I just feel like the gospel is so much better than we thought it was. And there's like, yeah, all these people are waking up to this. Um, I wrote here on my notes, Jesus's perfect faith, not my weak attempts, like waking up to like how big Jesus actually is. And it's not, it's not what we bring to the table. We're worthless in, in terms of what we can bring and do. We're worthless in terms of trying to do the law and complete something. And that's actually really good news. It's so good to admit our weakness mm -hmm. because then it's like, okay, we get to lay back and we get to say, whoa, Jesus did everything actually. Like that's exciting. And I just want to share this with everyone. I want everyone to feel the freedom um, that I've been experiencing in my life. My family's been experiencing, my husband. Um, like I want everyone to wake up out of the fog of condemnation, constant judgment, feeling like they always have to be working harder, feeling like um, they have it checked in on their religious activities, or if they don't do religious activities, feeling guilty about it. Um, I don't want anyone to do that anymore. Um, and for me, I feel like music is such a beautiful and unique way of doing that. So that's just a little bit about kind of why I care about theology at all. Uh, Dante, do you want to share about kind of your, your stuff with theology too? Yeah, um, music music helps a lot. Yeah. Um, well, I'll talk about like my theology. I've always kind of been interested in theology, even since I was young. Like since I became a teenager and yeah. the internet, I researched all kinds of stuff about theology. <laughs> yeah. And so I always wondered growing up if I was saved. Mm. And then I read all these verses about Christ in you, the hope of glory and righteousness came to all men, like it says in Romans five. And I yeah. was okay, well, Christians don't seem to think this way. So <laughs> are you sure that that's it? And then I heard somebody preach it in November of 2015. And it was just confirmed to me that that's the gospel that Christ is in Woo! you. And you're perfect in Christ. So, so good. So that's, when music comes from that place, it just hits you like like nothing else. Yeah. Um, that's that's why theology and music matters. Yeah. It just changes. Yeah, that's your what, yeah, that's what we're gonna get into next. Um this is why theology in music matters and why it's such a unique way to present the gospel, why it's not a throwaway part of our Christian faith like some people kind of argue, it doesn't matter what you sing. So let me get into this a little bit. Um, the only way we actually communicate what's going on inside of us really. And honestly, I mean, obviously we have body language and other things like that, but those can somewhat be assumed to be different things. The best way we can communicate what's going on in our minds and in our spirits is in words. So that's why we have preaching. That's why we have books. That's why we have social media. That's why we talk to each other. This is important. And music is a unique way to use words. Um, every every piece of music already has theology in it, whether yes. how good it is yes. or how bad it is, there's already theology in it. So it might as well be yes. beneficial to you. Yeah, even people, that's a good point because even people who are unaware that they have a viewpoint or a worldview. Every piece of music, even secular music, any kind of music has this person's worldview spilled into it. So it's interesting when we start becoming cognizant of that, um, you start to notice like, oh, do I wanna be singing that? <laughs> do, do I believe that anymore about God? I don't think I do. Like that's, I think that's where a lot of us are at. We're like, yeah. whoa, whoa, why would I want to say that? And it, it matters because music cuts beyond, this is like 
science. It cuts beyond your rational brain in a lot of ways. And um, it can affect your beliefs. So, I mean, this is why, you know, teachers will use little, little songs to help kids memorize, you know, states of the United States or, um, I don't know, periodic table. You know, you have all these little funny songs that help you uh, retain information and they help you learn it and they help you learn it forever. Most likely you probably learned something in like first or third grade, like a little song or something in school that you probably still remember. I mean, all of us remember the ABCs, even if we don't have kids and we don't ever hear it anymore. These things like they really stick with us sometimes even more than words, um, spoken words or books. So it's interesting because we see this both in science and in scripture. Um, I'm going to hit science first. So I've been doing all this uh, just, you know, layman's research on neuroplasticity. I am by no means an expert. I'm not even like super, I don't know. I, I don't know much about it, but I have been looking into it just from what I can get on Google and some different programs and stuff. And I'm just like fascinated with the fact that they discovered fairly recently that our brains are not static. It was originally believed for a long, long, long time. And I'm going to get the year wrong. I didn't actually look up the year, but it was like the till the 80s or till the 70s or something like till the last hundred years. They thought that the brain, once damaged, could not repair itself. And not only in physical tissue, but in uh, brain neurons and the way you think and stuff. So they were saying, you know, if you have depression, there's no way to ever fix it. And in these last few recent modern years, they've discovered you can totally change your brain, which is so interesting. This brings like huge, huge, huge implications to the way you do life, uh, the thoughts that you're going to allow into your brain, the things you're going to listen to. And of course, Dante and I are not superstitious about this at all. I mean, I came from a hyper charismatic world and it was like almost like don't ever accidentally say something negative, you know, woo, wooga, booga. Like we're not talking about that at all. What I'm saying is you're not, you're not a, you don't have to be a slave to um, whatever previous experiences you have. So you can actually be changing things in the neuroplasticity. They actually talk about, uh, you want to probably limit your exposure to things that you don't want to hold as your beliefs forever. So for example, I mean, we all know, if you surround yourself with um, five people, it's usually about your five closest people. You start to imitate them. You start to act like them. It's easier to believe what they believe. And, and they mirror, we mirror each other. Mirror neurons is a whole nother thing that's like incredible. You should definitely look that up. But people start to mirror each other. I mean, this is kind of the same thing. That's why some of us just don't want to sing this stuff anymore. It's so um, dissonant with what's going on in our brains. So that's a little bit about scripturally why uh, theology and the words that we sing matter in music. Um, sorry, scientifically. And now going to scripture, I mean, we've got just, just some real basic stuff from the word repent, actually, surprisingly, which doesn't sound like a word that's about thinking or anything like that and how you think, but it actually is. Repent um, is like a terrible Latin word that we have, <laughs> but the original Greek word was metanoia, and metanoia means to change your mind. That's how Strong's um, Concordance defines it, and uh, if you read a lot of verses with repent, you're actually reading about changing your mind. Um, obviously, we have the one about take thought, take every thought captive. I mean, that's that's an important one. Uh, we also had some ones about the kingdom of heaven because the kingdom of heaven is the gospel. That's exactly what Jesus preached. And he said in uh, Matthew 3, 2, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then again, in Matthew 4, 17, he says, uh, or from that time, Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So it's interesting because he is saying, change your mind. And, and again, we're not saying that through our own power. This is Jesus doing this work. He is the one changing our mind. I'm just yeah. pointing out, he's not saying continue to do everything exactly the same way. And, and you'll start experiencing your life differently. I mean, he literally says, repent, realize, wake up, wake up. Like 
here's the change. Um, and so this kind of brings up songs about, we wanted to kind of maybe touch on uh, songs about a future kingdom. Dante, did you want to talk about that a little bit? This is like kind of specific. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was thinking about the, I was thinking about wake up in terms of re repentance. Just, it yeah. is about waking up um, in your mind. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, so in, in Luke 17, 20 to 21, similar to how it says it in Matthew, um, I'll just read it. Some of the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? And Jesus answered at that time period, God's kingdom is coming, but not in a way that you'll be able to see with your eyes. People will not say, look, here it is, or there it is, because it, it wasn't like a physical kingdom. But because God's kingdom is within you, and that's what Jesus did. He put his kingdom in you and me. Yeah. And so it's not future. It's not about time. It's mm -hmm. reality. And it's in all time. It's filled all time. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't want to be singing. I mean, this is a specific example, but we don't want to be singing about the future kingdom all the time because we want to be cognizant and I don't know, almost like honoring the fact that Jesus said the kingdom is at hand. It's him. It's him and us. It's Christ in us. That's that's the mystery revealed that was hidden from all ages, that the entire creation and all of history was longing, that all the prophets were speaking towards everyone. This is the riches. This is it. This happened before the foundation of the world. He was slain before the foundation of the world. It was hidden. And then it was revealed. And we're living in the revealed, like, like this is something we want to focus on. We don't want to go back to the prophetic shadows. Like this brings Hebrews into it, which is right now, like one of my favorite chapters or books of the Bible. Like we don't want to go backwards into singing about prophetic shadows and the singing about before Jesus and things that point to Jesus. Like we have it here. We have him now. And he's in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory, fully revealed. This is too exciting to continue to just struggle on with the old songs. Um, it's so yeah, that kind of gospel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that that really brings us into like, like, let's talk about some of the things that we want to avoid singing about now. Like you and I, we've talked about these things like, Neither of us really want to be singing about this stuff anymore. So do you want to talk about some of those? And, and you can go into deeper detail if there's any of them that like you really care about. Please do. Sure. Okay. So I've heard a lot, a lot of songs growing up about going to heaven when you die. <laughs> um, that, uh, majority of the, my church life, that's what it was all about. That's what it was all about. Yeah. That's not at all what it was about. And there's a verse in the Bible. I can't remember where it's at about just like people keeping like, people out of i don't know how i'm going to word this correctly but keep keeping people away from the gates of heaven or the promises of god like keep preachers yeah. are keeping people away from the good news by preaching this kind of stuff yeah keeping them yeah. from experiencing it right now some of the yeah. things that are right yeah. now there's a lot yeah maybe somebody can help me out and find that verse for me but <laughs> I'll look while you keep going. I'll look. Um, yeah, I'd hear a lot about the rapture and worship music growing up. It'd be a lot about seeking and begging and looking for an experience and coming from a place of lack. I would always, yeah, be, I would always be seeking God. Even after I, I've experienced genuine joy from God and genuine experiences with him but I would still keep trying to seek and seek and looking for the next experience. And I would be sad and depressed because it wouldn't be happening as much as I'd try to press in for it to happen because <laughs> it doesn't yeah. work. It doesn't work. And yeah, that's because the music, the words in the music were ineffective. Does yeah. Yeah. They're not, they're not true. I found, I found the verse it's Matthew 23, 13 in the ESV. It says, but woe to you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites for you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces for you I'm neither so enter. 
Yeah, for you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would who would enter to go in. Like that is exactly what you're talking I about. I see so many people sitting in pews that I know would just fall over laughing on their face. They would fall right into the kingdom, but they're being preached right out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. No, that's so good. I, thank you for bringing that one up. That's so good. Yeah, what else? What else do you see? Man, I don't know. I mean, it's a, just a huge difference. Yeah. You're just downplaying, downplaying the Trinity, downplaying Christ's work on the cross. Yeah. You're focusing on yourself and your works. Mm -hmm. You're putting, you're putting distance between your relationship with God. You're putting delay in experiencing God that God's not putting any distance or delay. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, there's yeah so much so much begging god to do this so much which is I funny because that's kind of oh go ahead okay well i heard well i heard somebody tell me a couple times like this song is okay but what are we singing in heaven like that that sentence has always stuck with me what are we singing in heaven <laughs> Why? oh it's so good like if you're singing a song if you're in heaven right now would you be singing that because you are in heaven right now so what would you be singing wow. in heaven that's yeah question. that's so good yeah yeah and we wouldn't be um yeah we wouldn't be begging god to do things he's already done and we wouldn't be blaming him for uh the perceived difficulties and things that we experience here that are negative i mean really those things are shadows they're like they have no substance they're just confusion. They're just chaos. I call it chaos world. This is like my, my little personal term for it, but it's like stuff that just doesn't line up. It doesn't change what's objectively true because you're not experiencing something subjectively. I mean, we need to get okay with that. Like objectively what the Bible says and what God, what God did, what Jesus did on the cross happened. There's no Whether, behind anything negative that happens there's no logic behind it because right. if there was, jesus wouldn't have had to come he yes the the endless bottomless pit of negativity yeah he is the only logic so we are we can rest like we don't some people might feel like that's really um like fundamentalist to say that but in my in my opinion it is a relief it is a relief to say, I don't have to build, someone called it the God contraption. I don't have to build my ideas. Of God. I can just take him at his word, what he said he did and say, well, sometimes, some days I don't see it, but a lot of days I do. And the more I focus on that, that kind of goes back to the neural retraining and different things like that in neuroplasticity. The more I um, align with that and say like, yeah, I I mean, that is the truth. So I give up, <laughs> Jesus. The more your brain just starts to look for that, it has confirmation bias. So you're either going to be confirming the bias you have towards negative things or confirming the bias you have towards positive things. And you know what? You morally, you're allowed to do whatever you want. There is no, there's no longer good and bad and, and right and wrong in this case. It doesn't matter if you want to go through life in a negative mindset or if you want to go through life in a positive mindset. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I tried the negative way for a really long time and it sucks. <laughs> it just sucks so bad. And I'd so much rather be living in a glass is half full world because that, in my opinion, is the objective truth anyways. That's what God says. He says that he, that he sent his son to do it. To literally to do it to restore everything and to reconcile us because we were we were estranged in our minds he was never far but we were in our minds we were holding him at a distance we were embarrassed we were afraid we were running in the garden aware of our nakedness suddenly and he's like i never left so i you know this is we're getting in the gospel now i just get way too excited about this <laughs> So how like is brimming over. Yeah. 
it's overflowing even right now. So like, let's just do a little comparison. Like how were you like Dante, how are you experiencing life when you were singing these songs? Feeling incomplete. Yeah. That's big. Um, yeah, I don't know how else I could say it. I mean, yeah. Just wasn't ever, just never enough. Yeah. Ugh. It's like the worst possible feeling, honestly. <laughs> and feeling like not only were you not enough, you also had to be responsible to to fix that. Exactly. And God was expecting it from you. <laughs> yeah. Ew. <laughs> no, no, like sane natural parent would ever want like their kid to feel like they were incomplete and like lacking something, missing a crucial part of themselves and responsible for carrying the entire relationship with their mom and dad on their shoulders and on their behavior and on their whatever, what they did. No, no natural parent, even pretty bad ones would probably realize like that's pretty wrong. <laughs> so it's really ironic that a lot of people in Christianity and not on purpose. I, I don't think anyone is doing this on purpose. I don't think any seminary school or, or theologians or um, uh, mega church pastors, I don't think anyone is doing this on purpose, but they are perpetuating these ideas that God's out there, that we are far away from him, that we are responsible for getting a relationship with him. We are responsible for maintaining a relationship with him. We are responsible for fixing ourselves at all times. So, you know, those are just nasty. Those, yeah, like you said, they create awful feelings. For me, it was just extreme depression, um, the feeling of never being good enough. And then at the same time, always trying to achieve perfection and just going insane because those are such dissonant thoughts. You can't, you can't live like that. So what are we wanting to focus on with the new music that we're putting out and the music that we're looking at? Why, what are we looking for in this music? Um, do you want to share about this or do you want me to? Well, I was thinking one thought of people say all the time that Jesus did his part, but you have to do your own part. Mm. And I think that goes into what you were saying. Yeah. You yeah. What'd you say? You can go ahead. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. No, that's yeah. <laughs> Jesus honestly does my part. He does his part. He did it all. I mean, literally we were co-buried. We were co-crucified. We were co-buried and we we're co-raised. That does not sound like something I did by myself. <laughs> so yeah. Like, what do we want to focus on now? What are we looking for in this music? Um, how about experiencing healing and joy and feeling closest with God now experiencing freedom right now. Like, what about that? How about we like talk about that? Like that is incredible and not experiencing healing and joy and feeling close. Therefore, if we ever don't feel like that, we're doing something wrong. Let's not even go there. Let's take right and wrong out of it. In this case, we're just wanting to shift our focus to the possibilities. Like here's the possibilities and here's so what's objectively I, true. Yeah. So if I were to sing this right now, tell me if you feel the difference. Okay. 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 Spirit come. Okay. How do you feel? Or Jesus in me. <laughs> feel the difference? The first one was like, like a little nervous, a little like, I'm kind of sweating because like if I'm asking him to come, first of all, he's not already here. Second of all, like he has an opportunity to not. It's like maybe he won't. And then he said, what'd you say? Jesus is in me. Yeah. Jesus is in me. That's like hardcore. There is no question. You didn't ask anything. You're just like agreeing with scripture and with Jesus that he is in us that he has made his temple here in flesh houses. He, he has made his home here in human hearts. We are his body. We are his temple now. We are the temple 
that no longer has, you know, bricks um, or even a tent like the Israelites. We're just walking around skin temples all the time. That is like a massive difference. Yeah, he straightened our question marks out into the exclamation point. <laughs> That's good. Did you come up with that or did someone else? That's so good. <laughs> sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. I like it. But yes. So um, another thing I am always hunting for or writing into my own music is Christ as the vicarious man. So you may not have heard this term before. This term is rocking me right now. But vicarious, just dictionary definition, means done in place of or instead of someone else. So we've got 2 Corinthians 5.17 in the ESV. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. So he, he died for all, therefore we all died. That's interesting. And then for as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. First Corinthians 15, 22. Oh, so we're all alive. Like this doesn't say I did anything, but it does say I died. And it does say I've been made alive. And it's all because of what he did for me and as me is a lot of the ways they, they you know, a lot of theologians will say that. So Christ's perfect faith, strength, and obedience for us as us. This is what the vicarious man is about. It is electrifying when you start, this starts to sink in. And it's so crazy when you hear this stuff sung over you and you're like, wait. So like I have, I have a song that I just wrote and, and one of the lines is, it's not your faith. Or, sorry, it's not my faith. It's yours. The first line <laughs> or like the first three lines. It's not my faith. It's yours, Jesus, because my faith is trash. Like no, even when I was at my highest, most religious, most fanatical state, trying so hard every day, checking off my list, doing the prayers, praying in tongues, going to healing rooms, literally hours and hours and hours. I still, I had nothing. I had nothing. It's like what uh, Paul says when he says he was, you know, one of the top in his school, one of the top of his peers in the Pharisees. He was like the top of the, the law and the religious guys. And he was like, all of that's trash compared to knowing Christ and him crucified, knowing him as the hope of glory, knowing him inside us. That's where we get it. Like, that's why I care about Christ as a vicarious man in music. No, it doesn't have to be the term that I just mean just those, those concepts are so um, invigorating to me and they bring so much relief to my heart. Um, uh, another thing I love talking about in music and I love hearing about in music is the Trinity because that's like bringing back the importance of family. And this is an aspect uh, of God that people really will talk about a lot, but actually a lot of people don't um, consider the implications when they think of God as either a disjointed Sometimes I think of him as the father. Sometimes I think of him as the son. Sometimes the Holy Spirit, maybe whatever. Or they have just never considered the idea that the three persons in one is like a family. So they're talking to each other. They're communicating. They are like a, what's the word? Like a nuclear reactor of perfect love constantly exploding towards each other with perfect love three perfect persons one being it's nuts um and that that starts to blow away a lot of other theologies and or yeah really negative views of god that we will have like penal substitutionary atonement theory um you should definitely research that if if you don't know what i'm talking about that one's just fascinating and uh if you've always thought that like the father was the mean God. And then we got like nice guy, Jesus. And then we got like random angel dust, Holy spirit. Then you might want to look into that atonement theory and just see like, Oh my gosh, have I been taught this this whole time? <laughs> Go ahead, Dante. I just said a ghost, a ghost. Yeah. Yes. And like, like, I'm going to be honest, a lot of little kids think 
the words Holy Ghost is really scary. My kids were terrified because I accidentally said that once to them. And one time, one of my kids was literally crying at night and was scared because they're thinking about the Holy Ghost. Because I sing, I sing the doxology to them a lot. And the last line of that song is Holy Ghost. <laughs> they're like terrified of it. I think so. I always thought it was kind of cool. <laughs> I know. It depends on how you're looking at it. But I know it's, yeah. It's, it can be interesting. But so all of anyways, the that comes from the, the Trinity family. Like, yeah. Your heart will sing. And that's where the music comes from. All music, all music comes from the center of the Trinity. That is so true. Yeah. It's so beautiful. So, yeah. Okay. And then some of the other things that I love is embracing our neighbors and communities, regardless of differences. I wrote this in here because I just remember when I was really deep in all the charismatic, charismania, as some people call it, um, and just just being very ultra religious, even though I would always say that I didn't judge anyone and I loved everyone, I didn't actually treat people that way. I wasn't even aware of it. I had cognitive dissonance going on, but nowadays I just have stepped back because I'm like, I'm not the judge. Jesus is the judge. And there's that verse. You might be able to reference it, but the father has given all judgment to the son and the son has every right to judge. Yet later on, there's another verse that says the son judges no one. And he has basically, he's taken all judgment on himself. So now all judgment for everybody is now Jesus. So then Jesus is judged. Well, he is perfect. So now case closed. And that's everybody. That's people who are doing really awful things right now. It literally says being... he didn't come to judge the world, but to save the world. So yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it wasn't like he was ignoring what we did. He was taking everything. He, Completely everything opposite. backwards in time, forwards to the future. And in that moment, which was in and outside of time, he literally sanctified, he reconciled every single awful thing we've ever done in his perfect servant body. So this is like really important. And that's why I think it spills over into, we want to sing songs about just including everybody and we don't need to be looking and suspicious of people and, and revive like just a love of family, not of religious duty, but of the joy of family, community, um, neighborly love, brotherly love, just people in general. I love songs about that. Um, the last one I have on here is I just put, if you've seen me, you've seen the father, or you might've put that yesterday, but we were talking about that. I mean, anything that, and that kind of goes back to the Trinity, but anything that really shows that God is not a divided being that Jesus and the father are not at odds with each other. In fact, they can't be because they are the same, even though they're distinct. Distinction, unity with distinction is a big term that um, a lot of guys like we've heard have used. And it's a really good one. The Trinity is in complete unity and yet they're somehow mystically distinct. This is not like something you can logic out. Um, you probably won't be able to rationalize this in your brain. You're gonna say something? No, I was just saying, no, you can't logic it out, but. You yeah. can say, you can say one God, you can say three persons, you can say each person is not the other person, but yet they're the same God. Does that make yeah. sense? No, <laughs> but <laughs> if it made sense, would he be God? That reminds me the other day, it's just a funny story. The other day, uh, there was this comment on Facebook and someone, I don't even really know what they were trying to say. It didn't really make sense, but they said something about one gods <laughs> they put yeah. the number one and then they put g-o-d-s and i i just thought about it for days like yeah that's it one gods <laughs> we have one typo, yeah. yeah it was like the best typo ever i just thought about that forever all right so we're winding down in the old testament that says that oh really yeah like i the like it was it's something like the Lord gods are one or something like that. Oh yeah. 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 I know what you're talking about. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's really good. So before we kind of get wind down on this, is there anything else you wanted to cover in this kind of like theology 
uh, section or anything that really, as you said, puts gasoline on your fire. <laughs> for, no, just it's just the fact that we're just we're, we're singing from the life. Like this is the life, and that's how music has life on it. Yeah, I've seen I've seen so much music just that's dead, yeah. and this isn't it anymore. <laughs> we're going somewhere else now it's really exciting and we're we're hopefully and we don't want to be splitting hairs here at all I don't I really don't care about correcting people I feel like let sleeping dogs lie however I have power to make different choices for me and encourage anybody who's interested in also making different choices and that's what we're doing we're moving forward like we don't have to go dig up the old graves we can just go forward and saturate. We've said this a couple of times, flood the market with this kind of music, saturate people's ability to be able to click on stuff and just boom, boom, boom. They're just getting free. Um, I would love to see first exposure to the gospel. I would love to see continued awe in the gospel, just like constant. This is all we care about. Like we don't care about anything else. We care about Christ crucified. We care about the implications of what that is. We're going to literally be exploring the implications of his death, burial, and resurrection with us mystically in it and unified in it forever, literally. That we're, I mean, there's literally the angels are in heaven and they're around the throne and they're going, holy, 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 which can also be translated or, or yeah, it can be translated as like different. Wow. Other never seen that before. Oh my gosh. Cause it kind of means different or other, but so far beyond what you know, or, or um, what you have been aware of or made aware of a possibility of it's so beyond that. You're like, Holy, I didn't that's what that. that means. Yeah. It's other, other and different. And some people use that to put distance between us and God. To me, it's like, Oh my gosh, I've never even thought, I, this is something I didn't even know could be possible. It's not even a possibility. It's, I didn't even know what <laughs> my brain couldn't even imagine this. It's greater than we can think and imagine. That's, that's what God is. So we're going to be doing that for a whole, why not start now? I mean, first of all, why not start now? But we're going to be doing that for our entire life forever. So yeah. <laughs> I just get so excited about this stuff. Okay, so we're wrapping up this theology section. And um, I just wanted to speak to our listeners. If if you've heard anything in here, and of course we hit on these things pretty quick, but if you if you want to dive into any of this or do your own research because you think we're crazy and wrong, totally fine. Let me give you some things to research so you can really uh, make up your mind better. And yeah, I really don't care about like, converting anyone or whatever honestly I just want to like tickle your curiosity like this is out here these this stuff has actually been talked about for a really long time so um here's some here's some guys in history you can look up Saint Athanasius um Saint Irenaeus go ahead and start researching this is a big rabbit hole but go ahead and fall down the early church fathers uh rabbit hole of what they believed some of their doctrines, some of their dogma. Um, it's also called the patristics. If you're Googling it, you can use some of those words. Um, and then let's get into more modern uh, theologians, Karl Barth, T.F. Torrance, J.B. Torrance, um, and even more current right now, Dr. C. Baxter Kruger has some amazing talks on YouTube. Dr. Bruce Walcott has some amazing talks on YouTube. Francois Dutoy is the translator of the Mere Study Bible. You can actually find his work at mereword.net. He's incredible. Research his uh, work, check out the Mere Bible, see what you think. Um, you could also look up one of our favorite speakers, John Crowder. Um, he, the reason I bring him up, he's kind of a wild guy, he's really fun. But the reason I bring him up is because he's got like almost 10 years, probably even more than that, of YouTube videos. And the cool thing is he goes in depth on so many topics. You could probably go on his YouTube page and most of them are called Jesus trips and look up his Jesus trips and type in what you want to know about. 
the theology of the Trinity. I want to know about the rapture. I want to know about the wrath of God. I want to know about sin. I want to know about Satan. I want to know about hell. He's gone pretty deep into these topics. Um, and then he's got books and they're actually really well researched. Um, I can't so think got, of a, a YouTube video that has helped me more than his. They've helped yeah. me so many different specific subjects. Exactly. Because you got a question and you're like, what about the, the Trinity one is amazing. There's also a, um, about the wrath of God and penal substitutionary atonement theory. It's, it's not a Jesus trip. It's a sermon. I believe that was recorded. It's about an hour, maybe a little over an hour long. And I believe it's called divine bloodlust. It's on our so, playlist. It's on, we actually have a rabble rousers, Trinitarian finished works, theology, little playlist. And yeah, divine bloodlust by John Crowder is a really great top topic it's um he does it in a very kind of fun way with a lot of hyperbole and analogy and stuff like that so you'll have to buckle in for that but it's it's a really good talk actually um some of the topics that you might want to google as well just generally christ as the vicarious man i kind of went into that already uh the hypostatic union that's Jesus being fully God and fully man, uh, the theology of the Trinity. And you can look up words uh, like perichoresis. That's P-E-R-I-C-H-O-R-E-S-I-S, -I, -S, I think. And it's a Greek word and it really describes how the Trinity works. But that, that search term will bring up hundreds of articles from all different um, denominations and theologies and seminars and uh, seminaries and stuff. So you can look up a lot of different of people's opinions on these and just kind of peruse. So you're even more aware of what you believe and why. Um, atonement theories, I was going to say, uh, you necessarily, you won't necessarily find one that you totally agree with or totally disagree with. Some of them are, they can be mixed. So, but it's just really good to like research them and see what were you taught when you were growing up? That might be an interesting just fun rabbit hole to fall down. Uh, research original sin versus original innocence. Um, and then Dante, you have a note here about Romans. Did you want to mention that real quick? Sure, I can. Well, original sin and original innocence. Well, people always quote Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Mm -hmm. and they almost never read the next verse, which is the good news that says, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption in Christ Jesus, which problem. Yeah, that's so good. It's kind of, it, it's just funny because it's arguing. It's funny because nobody would really, I don't know. Nobody really argues against the fact that all men fell. All men have fallen short of the glory of God. No one's going to argue against that. And it's funny because everyone focuses on that. But what we're saying, the reason we care right now is because we're not continually falling short of the glory of God because Jesus did something about that. And it's not us. I'm not doing a good job at anything, but Jesus is doing a really good job. And he did a perfect when people, job. When people ask, do you want to hear the good news first or the bad news? What do they always want to hear? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Right. <laughs> and I mean that literally, Oh God. <laughs> That's so good. Um, two other topics and search terms you might want to look up are inclusion and election, election theories. Those are interesting. Um, so, all right. So now that you've been tuning in, you might be wondering after this first episode, what is the rabble rousers podcast going to be about? Well, I have a lot of ideas. <laughs> um, I definitely think we're going to have interviews with like actual musical artists who have been putting out music and just talk to them about their craft, talk to them what they're about, what they're passionate about. Um, kind of ask what theology matters to them, ask them um, really get into like real stuff, like the, um, the tools they use, if they do any mixing themselves, how they would do home recording or live streams or, you know, their favorite um, tools to use or whatever, and, and maybe their disciplines and how they have gotten more training, just really interesting stuff that could really like help encourage us to get better at what we're doing and uh, hone our craft. Um, then I want to also have interviews with speakers who um, have studied theology and 
um, talk to them about their opinion on theology and music. Just hear a little bit from them. You'll probably hear a ton of this stuff, but I'd love for them to dive deep in some of these topics because, I mean, I have listened to a lot of them, but I would love to have, you know, one of them on and just talk about one of these things for a whole hour and just get into it because that would just be beautiful. Um, I also want to have interviews. This is just really on my heart to hear people's stories. So this is like something that may not pertain to music as much, but we're all humans and I would love to share more people's stories. I'd love to hit like hard topics, honestly, because they're really on my heart. Um, so we'll see if we get to those, if those uh, are pertinent to this, this show or not, but I, I would love that. It's on my heart for sure. Um, and then it would be great to do some in-depth theology episodes, even where just I get into it or Dante gets into it and gets to present like kind of what we think. And again, like we're not theologians, but it'd be fun just to just even talk about this stuff. Like, obviously we get so excited about it every single time. <laughs> so anyways, um, is there anything you wanted to add Dante before we wrap up? Nothing really except to say just, I like music because of the way it makes you feel. I mean, that's that's yeah. what it's about, honestly. And it tastes, I like it to taste sweet. I like it to feel really good. And the only way that's possible is if it's not, if you're not singing, singing lies and you're coming from a place of truth. And it doesn't even have to be explicitly worship music. Yeah, yeah. But the, the sound itself can preach the gospel as well as the words in it and so good that's what I'm excited about we didn't even get into that today but that is so true because the the heart and the spirit of it is also extraordinarily important and it's like the intention that the the artist is setting forward that's why instrumental music can also be extremely powerful um and like yeah, that's so true. How we feel. It's so funny because how we feel is downplayed in religion. It's it's very like looked down upon to focus on your experience or how you feel. But in some, um, hmm. I don't know, in, in some types of spirituality, it's looked down upon. But I mean, what is life if we're not feeling, if we're not doing, if we're not uh, moving through without only thinking? thinking is so important. Rational thinking is beautiful. Logic is important too. But if we're also not experiencing in our bodies, if we're not feeling it, like what's kind of the point? <laughs> so that's great. Thank you, Dante. Your mind's probably always going to be thinking something, which is yeah. why you want it to be renewed. Yeah. And yeah. let music, let's, let's make some music that's going to renew our mind yeah. and everybody else around us like that's our goal so all right guys well thank you so much everyone for listening today Dante thank you so much for being on the podcast and for sharing all of your wisdom <laughs> you always pop out with the deepest things and I love it and I love how we think so differently so it's just it's always a really good conversation whenever we talk so I'm glad I'm glad we got to get this recorded and uh, we'll be able to share it with all our friends and anybody who's interested in what Rabble Rousers is about. So we are looking forward to the future. I cannot wait for our next one. So thank you guys. Uh, and we will definitely talk to you next time. Bye. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Rabble Rousers podcast with your hosts, Allison Metcalf and Dante Ficca. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. If you have a specific topic or question you'd like to hear us discuss, let us know by reaching out on Facebook. Also, feel free to check out our playlists on Spotify and YouTube under Rabble Rousers Co. Well, guys, that's all for this episode, so we'll see you next time.